And since that time, since that fracture happened, God has been calling a group of people to be about his work of healing the world of its brokenness. The call goes out to Abraham, come and follow me. The call goes out to Isaiah. The call goes out to Jeremiah. The call goes out to you, this group of people who are set apart from the brokenness of the world and find themselves being healed by the living God in such a way that they can then be about the healing work of God in the world. As I rifled through that letter drawer, I came upon one more letter, a letter from my grandmother to her sister about my grandfather's stroke. You see, my grandfather founding deacon of his Baptist church had a massive stroke at age 40, putting him out of work. He lost the ability to speak. He lost the ability to walk. And he became a very, very angry man. My grandmother had to go to work to support the family and a nurse, Miss Patricia, an African-American woman who went to their church, came over every day, Monday through Friday to help my grandfather eat and to go to the bathroom, and to comb his hair. He was impossible to deal with, but slowly, over time, healing began to occur. That strong man of faith was broken, and an intimate friendship with Miss Patricia began to yield healing until my grandfather would walk and talk again could lead the church again, and couldn't possibly imagine the church without Miss Patricia as a member. It was through that relationship that my grandfather was made into a saint. This is God's dream, and God's call always hinges on people who are willing to answer that call. Paul calls them saints. The word for saints in the Greek just means set apart or distinct. Remember, brothers and sisters, remember you're called. You're called to be made new by an encounter with Jesus, to be God's saints here at Kingstown and in the D.C. metro area, to be set apart in order to be a healing presence in a world that is broken in half. Remember your call to be saints. And if we're going to be people who don't just take part in courageous conversations like pub theology, but are going to be people who begin to initiate courageous conversation, we must first be confident in our call. Because it is our own understanding of our faith journey that makes us who we are and what we're about and what this church this compelling, transformative, creative church is about. Think about our pub theology speakers. Each of them begins by sharing with us how their faith journey, their life experience, their call story intersects with the the world's great need. Those conversations begin with a call. Throughout the next few months, you're going to be hearing each other's call stories in worship, in common tables, hopefully even in spontaneous uh, conversations over coffee. We're going to be exploring together what it means to have a new heart, a new mind, and to put our hands together toward a new work as the saints of God. But I'm not sure I've ever actually shared with you my call story. 
as I've been reflecting on remembering my call, I've begun journaling this week about how I got into this ridiculous, ridiculously crazy work, how I got put in this ridiculous outfit on Sunday mornings. I first articulated a call to ministry when I was about 14 years old. I was in a Pentecostal small group and I took the leader aside and said, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm called to ministry. And he closed the door and he sat me down and he said, well, forget about it. Forget about it completely. And if it goes away, it's not from God. But if you can't shake this thing, then that's what you have to do. So I, as a 14-year-old, felt like I was off the hook. And for the next decade, for the rest of my time in high school, through undergrad, into marriage, into my career as a teacher, I did exactly what he told me. I tried like hell to forget it. But in the back of my mind, still was this persistent pull I made it through a household hell of alcoholism during high school and tried to forget about it. And I went to Old Dominion and became an English major and tried to forget about it. And I changed denominations three times and I tried to forget about it. And I married a Catholic, who would have ever thought that? And I tried to forget about it. And I started a career as a journalist and tried to forget about it. From there, I became a high school teacher, and I tried to forget about it again. I sang with touring choirs and was the director of my church's young adult group and went on emergency relief mission trips, and I tried to forget about it. I even helped start a new church in Virginia Beach, and I tried still to forget about it. And all along the way, people in every area of my life, relatives, teachers, pastors friends, even my spouse would see glimpses of something else in me and would say, you know, I could totally see you as a pastor. It wasn't big and profound, but that's all it was. Or have you, have you ever considered going to seminary? Until one Saturday morning, I woke up hungover from celebrating the beginning of spring break with my cohort of teachers, as all teachers do. And I just knew this would be my last year teaching. For five years, I knew that I wasn't called to teach English. And after working with teachers for whom the passion and aptitude for making the content just come alive off the page, just oozed out of their very being, I knew I could work diligently every single day and power out those good SOL scores and never truly love it. That Saturday morning, I drove up to the church and took a seat on the back row of the sanctuary as the worship team practiced for Sunday. And as they sang, I was reminded of that relentless and tenacious call. I went to seminary at Duke, still unsure, still being chased, still trying to forget about that call, still trying to shake my baptism if I could. At Duke, I joined the staff of two different brand new churches and they continued to remind me of that call that I had, that call I had a hunch about all along. In my heart, in my heart, I am still a reluctant pilgrim. In my heart, I'm still being convinced of this call, but this call doesn't hinge on me. This call comes from God, this evocative, loquacious God who speaks a word and makes you something you'd never imagine you'd be. And that God calls out to each and every one of you this morning, calling you to be saints. 
do you remember when you first responded to that call? Do you remember when you first said yes to that nudge down deep inside of you? Do you remember that moment when something just clicked, something just fit, and you couldn't shake it if you wanted to? We're going to be moving through our mission as a church, but first, Pastor Paul wants us to pause and remember the God who first called us into being and what that's all about. We're called to be God's saints, to be a healing presence in a broken world. Frederick Buechner says that your call is where your deep passion intersects the world's great need. Saints, you are called. 